from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. Rivers run to blistered shore, mountains shake the very core. Roman ruins will crumble to shifting sands, your hands run through. It wouldn't matter if I ever told you. It's week of Friday, March 29th, 2013. This is The Relevant Podcast. The Relevant Podcast is the weekly show from the team behind Relevant Magazine, where we bring you interviews, music, and absolutely essential news that's important to your life. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by the Bible miniseries. Not the actual Bible. From executive producers Roma Downey and Mark Burnett comes an epic 10-hour miniseries retelling stories from Scripture in a whole new way. It's breathtaking in scope and scale and is airing right now on the History Channel every Sunday night and releases on Blu-ray and DVD April 2nd. It's something you're definitely going to want to own. Check it out. The Bible miniseries available Blu-ray and DVD April 2nd. You can get it on Amazon and everywhere DVDs are sold. You know, this makes sense for our, our audience because clearly they listen to podcasts and, and they don't like and they, and they they listen to audiobooks instead of reading books. They listen to podcasts for free instead of paying for our magazine. These people don't like to read. They probably don't read the Bible. Yeah. So if I you, think that's the safest presumption we can have. Our so, listeners are illiterate and don't even know the Bible. <laughs> so if you don't like reading the Bible, you can own the Bible miniseries on DVD and Blu-ray April 2nd. That's the most frequent comment we get on the podcast page is, I'm so glad there's finally something for people like me who can't read. Yeah. <laughs> it's shocking they were able to leave the comment. And they they probably had they their some... parents write the comment yeah. for them. The comment yeah. is all emojis. Siri. <laughs> Siri, write this comment. <laughs> Since you're so smart. So it's Siri and emoji cons. That's all, that's all we get on the podcast feedback page. Here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Maya Strang. Hello, everybody. To her left, also lovely. Aww. Our interim podcast member and managing editor, though he's not interim on the managing editor role. <laughs> he's got Tyler Huckabee. Hi, guys. He got that one locked down, yeah. <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, new dad, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And over there on the ones and twos, not yet a father, Chad Michael Snape. I have a dog. A one-eyed dog. I have a one-eyed dog. That That's, is not a euphemism. That sounded kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, is one eye. I'm no. sure that's a lot of work. Being, being the owner of a one-eyed dog. Oh, you have no idea, Jesse. I'm sure it's more difficult He's than being always a new father. Veering into traffic. Yeah. I was going to say, how's his depth perception? It's it's really funny when I play fetch with him and he runs into the coffee table. I was going to say, <laughs> when you toss dad, a frisbee, then. does he jump like a second too early? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get him into video games just to get that hand-eye coordination a little bit. Yeah, better, but I'm not there yet. So we have a great show for you. Uh, today, coming up later, we talked to Lee Nash from Six Minutes None the Richer, who everybody kissed to their song in the last decade. At not, some not point, not everybody kissed Lee Nash. Yeah. No, because I did not. No, unless not you guys all know something I don't. She brought kissing back. <laughs> she uh, did. Justin yeah. Timberlake then took it up a level after her, brought uh-huh. sexy back. But Lee Nash. And six minutes on the Richard breakfasting. And like Justin Timberlake, she then went away for about seven years. That's right. That's that's true. And and, uh, came back last year with a new six minutes Mm -hmm. album, which is what we talked to her about. Uh, We also um, uh, talked to 
uh, world-renowned uh, evangelist Luis Pulau. Uh, why are we talking Luis, Luis Pulau? Because he <laughs> happens to be friends with the brand new Pope, oh. uh, Pope Francis, oh, wow. uh, Cardinal uh, uh, George Ferdinand, uh, Pope Francis. Uh, they were friends. Uh, Luis Pulau's from uh, did a lot of uh, work in Argentina, and they developed a friendship. And it's a fascinating interview. That's crazy to be friends with the Pope. That would be just a very strange thing to have on your. Well, he didn't your know it at the circle. time. Well, yeah, at the time, you're just friends. It's just your cardinal. Oh, my man. But, but my how cardinal. would you like to play that card at like a dinner party? Or something? <laughs> Let me shoot a text over to the Pope. Get his opinion. When things get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you guys like the latest episode of the Bible? Let me text the Pope. And see, what see how he felt about. It. By the way, this, this the, the current Pope is. Um, He's getting a lot of really positive uh, feedback really from some of his his recent uh, you know decisions and just the, the way he's carrying himself. Yeah, he seems like just a very chill, the chill pope. I think that's what they're going to start chill calling pope. him, chill pope. pope, Pope Francis the Chill. But he he is uh, fashioning himself as sort of a man of the people. We also did a, a slice the other day about how he uh, was going to hold the Holy Thursday Mass not at uh, St. Peter's Basilica. But at a youth prison for young offenders, was actually going to wash the feet of twelve young inmates there as sort of a show of, of what his values are. Also, uh, to show he's a man of the people and, and cares about the next generation, he joined my fantasy basketball league. <laughs> <laughs> it's really crazy. It's the chill dominating pope. The, yeah. chill, the chill pope, and that's yeah. his name. On chill the- pope Francis, <laughs> and he's number one in the league. It's really it's irritating. Got crazy insight. He, his smack talk is unbelievable. He plays cards nobody else can play. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's like personal friends with Bill Simmons or something. <laughs> he's personal friends with Bill Simmons and Luis Palau. So. The, the guy is connected. <laughs> I feel like the chill pope would be very in favor of the dance party. That's the I, it's the vibe I get. He's the first pope in a good century who I feel like is really on board with the values of the dance party, which is very fortuitous because the dance party is really coming up very quickly for on the no international I, stage. For people who have no idea what he's talking about, right. I go back about a month in the podcast and we formed a new party, a third party, yeah. political party. Yeah, A, a movement. <laughs> But yes, a dance party. I'm going to be. I'm going to be at the White House next week. Oh, that's right. You're going to talk yeah. to the President about it. You're going to drop some stickers. <laughs> drop some stickers for the yeah. dance party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just kind of like graffiti the yeah. pillar when no, I'm walking yeah. in. Just float the ideas. Are you invited to the White House next yes. week? Or are you just showing up. Yes. <laughs> are you invited. jungle burning? Is your, is your tra- are you just popping in? Yeah, I'm invited. Yeah, so that'll be what's fun. the what's the event? Uh, it's Easter week, and Obama has uh, a gathering of religious leaders for a White House prayer breakfast in the East Room. I went a couple years ago, and I'm uh, going to go back this year. So. Is this the event that you somehow procured a presidential robe? <laughs> no. <laughs> Though I did wear that last week. Um, no, the presidential robe was a separate meeting in the administrative wing of the White House a couple years ago, and before I left... I asked one of the people who were working there. I was like, "Hey, is there a gift shop?" <laughs> this is before I've, I actually had like met the president, and you know, before you weren't above asking. Before I realized how grossly inappropriate this was, <laughs> so I asked a White House worker, "Hey, is there a gift shop?" And they're like, "Well, not really." Um, so they t- they took you to Obama's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we, we have some we have some of Obama's robes. We have this closet. <laughs> we have a travel thing of hurt. <laughs> They're like, well, we have this closet here where uh, where we keep some things, you know, for gifts and stuff. I mean, I can show you where the closet is. And I'm like, sure. But these are diplomatic gifts. Sure. Like, this would be going to foreign dignitaries. 
Uh, and, and you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So st- official administration staffers, if they want to send a pin or a golf ball, it says White House or something. This is where they would keep it all. So they take, they point me to the closet, and I knock on the closet door, and lo and behold, somebody opens it That's awesome. who is what? sitting in the closet. His job <laughs> is to sit in the closet. No, when and, you say closet, I'm thinking smaller than this like, room. Smaller than this room. Oh. And I was, is there a TV a or anything in there? Or are you just sitting there? <laughs> He's sitting there with the door shut. See, if I'm if my post is in a closet, I at least keep the Leave door the open. Door right. open. Yeah, the door stuffy. was shut. He opens it. Like a half door. It you is, know he was sleeping. It but is this isn't like, like Narnia. It's not big. It's not like, oh, it just keeps on going. No, 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 no. It's, it's a little a, L, and only you and the guy can fit in it. It's are you tiny. Serious? Our tax dollars. That guy gets paid $250,000. <laughs> so, so basically, so he lets me in, lets me look around, and I'm looking. It's just stuff stacked on the shelves because it's just basically, you know, to store these things. And while I was in there, yeah, sure, uh, several staffers came up to him and said, hey, I need a such and such for... So, you know, and he would hand it to him. Wow. He let me look around, and I and I saw in the back of the closet there were robes, and so I thought, I don't need a pin, I don't need a mug, I don't need a golf ball, I need a robe. <laughs> you did so, get golf ball. You, you went for the top shelf item. I mean, come on, yeah. Who has a presidential robe? When you what is it? Is it red, white, and blue? No, it's is white. there an eagle on it? It's white, it's white with a crest, right? with like a crest, and and a presidential crest, embroidered yeah. presidential crest. Okay, and, it's, it's what the president wears when he gets the flu. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said, "How much is that?" And he told me, and I gave him a credit card, and I went all on my way, and I and I have a presidential robe with your robe slung over your shoulders, walking hey, around the White House. I am going to the White House for a breakfast. It's at eight a.m. It would be appropriate to wear the robe. Perfect sense. If to ever wear the there robe. was a time, yeah. <laughs> I like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, stay tuned. Up next, Relevant Recommends. This podcast is brought to you by Harper One, publisher of Rob Bell's new book, What We Talk About When We Talk About God. In this book, Bell does for God what he did for heaven and hell and love wins. He shows how traditional ideas have grown stale and dysfunctional and reveals a new path for how to return vitality and vibrancy to how we understand God. It's available now wherever books and ebooks are sold. For more information, visit robbell.com. You're listening to Vampire Weekend. The song is Diane Young. Uh, not Dying Young. Oh, I was it's like, Diane hey. Young, like a name. That's clever. A little wordplay on there. Right. Let's the, see what they did there. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Lion and Circle with Roman Ruins. Okay, it's time for Relevant Recommends. Movies coming out on Friday, April 5th. See, this is where the whole Recommends label for this segment doesn't apply. <laughs> Jurassic Park and IMAX 3D Experience. Um, sounds what awesome. are we not recommending about Jurassic Park and IMAX 3D yeah. Experience? It's oh, fine. It's nostalgic. I, I just love it that there's no reason for it to come out. They're just like, oh, let's make some money and re-release the movie. Yeah. There was no like, dinosaur-related. Yeah. yeah. 
Even See, I wish they had attached attached some like random mean like it's like the guy who played Newman who's in Jurassic Park. Like it's his like fifty fifth birthday. <laughs> What's his name in real life? Um, uh, Jeff Goldberg. No, Farley. no, no. It's um, he, although he Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum is in Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah Either way, it's like yeah, in honor of Jeff Goldblum's fifty seventh birthday, we present Jurassic Park in IMAX. <laughs> Also coming out, Trance, uh, directed by Danny Boyle, starring James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender. Uh, and also coming out, The Company You Keep, Robert Redford, Shia LaBeouf, Susan Sarandon. Mm, it's getting good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it really? Yeah. Hey, what's it about? Uh, the Company You Keep. Oh. It's about the people you hang out with. It's about Shia LaBeouf hanging out with Robert Redford and Susan Sarandon. Uh, yeah. like he's volunteering at the old people's home. People gotcha. well over three times his age. <laughs> but but it, it's like Good the movie. company you keep. If you hang out with old people, it's like Tuesdays with Maury. The, their wisdom, the wisdom that Susan Sarandon hands down to Shia LaBeouf is just life-changing for him. If, if anybody could use some wisdom Until she people. dies at the end. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like Cocoon because then they float away and they're aliens. But until then, it's Tuesdays with Maury meets Cocoon. That's what the company you keep is. With the little Transformers thrown in. With <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, music coming out on Tuesday, April 2nd. Uh, Bonobo with uh, The North Borders. Charles Bradley with Victim of Love. Also coming out, Cold War Kids with Dear Miss Lonely Hearts. Very cool band. Uh, also coming out, Alkaline Trio. My name is True. Man. That's it for the releases. Now here's for a couple albums that we recommend. Um, one th- Something I've been listening to a lot this past week is an album from a guy who's going by the moniker Wood Kid. Um, his real name is, is Yo- Pinocchio theme album. Woodkid. Well, it sounds. Like, it makes me think of Pinocchio concept album. Yeah. He his real name is Yoan Lemoine. <laughs> his real name is Very meta. Juan Geppetto. Juan Geppetto. It's uh, and I may not be pronouncing this correctly, but I believe it's Yoan Lemoine. He's French. Obviously, oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's he's cut his teeth as a director of music videos. He did some music videos for Katy Perry. How do you cut your teeth? He, he cut, no, literally. A, how do you cut your a, teeth? How a, is that a saying? This is when you cut him through your when you're like a baby. I think. Baby. Yeah, like oh, yeah. the teeth Cutting, breaking through when you're breaking a baby. Through, you get a breakthrough. So you're saying he's he is an infant. He's a baby. Like, like yeah, he's, he's a recently, wooden baby. He started out as wood baby and only recently has he... <laughs> because he cut his teeth. The name, he yeah. cut his teeth and now he's wood kid. Right, because <laughs> he has teeth now. I mean, he's not old, but, but yeah, he's still he's, a kid. He's a kid. <laughs> he's his, 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 he his adult teeth haven't come in yet. His, his EP was from wood baby. From wood yeah. baby. People, he, people are going to start emailing us begging us not to recommend their album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So far we have a speedboat and a Pinocchio baby. We've <laughs> 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 Repeatedly refer to him as Juan Geppetto, <laughs> whose, name, whose name is right here in front of me, but we're going to call him Geppetto until he can prove otherwise. Um, but he he cut his teeth as a as a director of music videos for people like Katy Perry and Lana Del Rey, and now he's doing his own thing, and it is very it's a very cinematic um, sort of movie soundtrack sound. Right. Pinocchio, he's saying yeah, like like the movie Pinocchio. If you're familiar <laughs> with the, with the Disney classic. It's uh, it's really. I recommend it for fans of really big sounding, really orchestral sort of. It's very John Williams sounding, but with lyrics. But he has a, and it's in English too. So he's a, 
He's a multi-talented, multilinguist Pinocchio puppet. Yeah. What baby? And his honestly, his Vimeo page, um, the music videos that he's directed, like of his own music, are, are phenomenal. Are like some of the most beautiful, epic music videos I've ever seen. And that's his whole. That describes his music. It's very orchestral. Yeah. It's very. Uh, it's just really, really. It's got this gorgeous sound vibe stuff. in it too. And it really, it's really, it really carries you. Carries you away to some to some very very gorgeous places. Very Sigurosi. If you're into Sigurosi type stuff, you'll probably like Wood Kid. Here's a clip. My recommendation is uh, an album from uh, that features a lot of an artist that I know uh, a lot of us like and a lot of listeners like the Civil Wars. There is a movie that is in limited release right now, a documentary. It's also, I believe, it's still available on demand in iTunes. It came out, uh, I think, three weeks ago. The documentary it's called "A Place at the Table." And it features Jeff Bridges and some other celebrities that kind of help do some narration. But it looks at the problem of poverty and hunger in America. Um, but the cool thing is, well, in addition to the, to the topic, and they have some different ways that viewers can get involved, is that the soundtrack features exclusively uh, T-Bone Burnett, who's a, a big-time music producer uh, who's, who's collaborated with Jeff Bridges in the past. He did um, his, his last film. He also did Walk the Line. Uh, but a collaboration with T-Bone Burnett and the Civil Wars. So it's 14 tracks with uh, a lot of new songs from both of the artists. Um, and so for fans of the Civil Wars, and you also, and if you also want to see a kind of a cool documentary about an interesting topic that you can take action on, uh, check out the documentary and the soundtrack, A Place at the Table. Place at the Table. Here's a clip. Well, my recommend um, is is simply a song with the hopes of a uh, well with the the announcement of an album coming up. But this is the only thing that has gotten me to stop listening to Justin Timberlake in the last two weeks. <laughs> and this was last Friday when when Sigaros uh, unveiled a new song and a new music video. The name of the song is I believe it's pronounced Brennestein. Um, your guess is as good as mine. It's a very darker sounding. Uh, Cigaros, sort of industrial, very yeah, almost kind of nine a, inch nails, yeah, yeah, like that's the vibe old I Trent get. Reznor style, but still pretty. Which is it's beautiful, it's stunning, it takes you to another place, like you mentioned with Woodkid. But it's interesting how Cigaros's last record was a very, very almost meditative album, really kind great for yeah, 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 yeah. And this one just takes you right back to where they were almost five, six years ago, and then takes it up another notch. So here's a clip of of the new Cigaros.
always hard with Seguros because I feel like I'm always referring to their albums by, you know, the one with the there's yeah. the parentheses on the title. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> it sounds very dreamy. You know the one. <laughs> the one. It's, I believe it's called Blump Blump Glorp Glorp. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for relevant recommends. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. You're listening to Big Black Delta. The song is Side of the Road. Another upcoming album. That's where I get all my dinner. <laughs> what? Like, are you implying like carcasses or are you implying like, like, like food, food trucks? Car- you can't, uh, beggars can't be choosers. So you're driving looking around for a food truck. You see a carcass. But if, you see, but if I come across I roadkill first. Yeah. Fresh kill. <laughs> I mean, it has to be fresh. I'm not an animal. Neither is the carcass. <laughs> well, it was. Yeah. It, it was. It just isn't anymore. Now it's, now it's dinner. Now it's dinner, yeah. All right. It's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Well, speaking of fresh kills, uh, <laughs> this comes from a uh, Twitter follower, Michael Rogers, who figured we'd be interested, correctly figured we'd be interested in this news, that scientists have determined that a two-headed shark that uh, uh, a fisherman found actually in the in the belly of another shark. It was it, the, the the shark that he had caught was pregnant with a two headed shark. And scientists Oof. have determined that this isn't a conjoined twin. That this is actually a, a certified two headed shark. Wow. Let me let me rephrase that. It's a shark with two heads. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it's, nice. it's the most terrifying concept you can think of. But I'm going to tell you guys right now the one reason why no one should be afraid about two-headed sharks. Because luckily, I got two fists. Oh, Jesse. <laughs> so wait, are they side by side or front and back? No, they're side by side. Oh, okay. Although I think front and back would be even more. That'd scary. be terrifying because yeah, be it gets you coming and going. Yeah. But, but, but the scary thing is, if, if it's heading straight for you, which way are you going to turn, left or right? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying? Down. It's gotcha. Down. Yeah, you, know it, be, you know what would be the ultimate is foreheads. <laughs> well, yeah. Not a forehead, but, but foreheads. Yeah, a shark forehead isn't very scary. Where did you say they found it, Jesse? This was in the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. Uh, they, and it like- was actually, they found it in 2011, but it, they just now, scientists have just now determined that you know they've seen like conjoined twins in nature before but sure. this is the first ever documented two-headed it's a bull shark they don't know what caused it to have two heads but my speculation is there's probably an army of these things out there <laughs> did they kill it to study it yeah i mean i think it was dead you know oh uh, sure probably oh tyler picked it up on the side of the road <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was, yeah, I was it going was to half eaten by yeah tyler. whenever you're whenever <laughs> you're tyler. done scientists i'm still hungry so it's a, it's a pretty terrifying proposition because it, it, what it basically, and Tyler, I know you're not a fan of the sea in general. Well, let's, right? let's we talk about it the better. Why? I just, I, it's not because it's terrifying. No, it's not. The sea, the creatures of the deep are. I mean, there's the occasional crab that'll pinch your toe. I have I mean, a, <laughs> I actually have a phobia. 
Do you really? My phone, yeah, my we, 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 we talked about this one day. You have like, uh, like you do not like water that you cannot see in. Well, Is that correct? But I, what I have, I'm, well, you would like the Gulf then. I'm a sufferer of, of what's called cephalophobia. Which is the which I, I have a terrifying the fear, fear of tentacles sharks. of tentacles, all really? things anything with tentacles on it can't do it. Would you eat a squid? Like it. you got a dead squid? I can eat it. I can I can eat. Well, have, like have you it with a smile. I don't know if I have believe you. Have you read you. the story of the of the lady that what, was eating the octopus? Tread, no, like what, live octopus, what, no, and it like Maya, stuck, See, this is the sort of thing. The things like stuck in her throat, and she died. But see, this is the sort no. of thing that we yeah. shouldn't be talking about because so don't eat octopus <laughs> it's, it's like your it's like Maya's fear of of, of a bug implanting itself in her oh. ear while she sleeps wait so so the so the, gr- the greatest horror movie to you <laughs> is to get like the little mermaid because <laughs> oh, because geez. Ursula that's where it started Ursula has tentacles. That's where it started. And magic powers. The first time I realized I had a fear of these things was watching The Little Mermaid and reading 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, in which that giant squid thing comes and almost kills everybody, and it's awful. So Disney scarred you for life. Like like many children from my generation, Disney had a I think from every generation. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we already talked about the Geppetto guy who's still cranking out (laughs) albums, basically. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. Let's say you're at the beach, okay? All your friends are are hanging out, and it's blazed and hot. I got to ask, though. Are we talking Gulf or Atlantic? We're talking Atlantic. We're see, talking I don't Florida. Mind, see, yeah, I can the, be... The, the, like New Smyrna side. Yeah. I, can Daytona. The, I can do the beach fine. I can even go into the water fine. It's when I start... But when I can't touch, I start getting a little nervous. Have you ever had a freak out attack in the ocean? Like, you just wigged out? Well, if there's like... I think there were... I can remember twice. Twice that I that I had a legitimate panic but you're not you're not afraid of a shark attack you're afraid of no. something with a tentacle touching not even you. a two-headed shark. i mean i'm afraid of sharks like anybody's afraid of sharks well new smyrna is the shark attack shark bite capital of the world i was there last weekend and i and i survived thank god one of the few <laughs> I, I was i was out in the waves when i was younger i was out in the waves at daytona and i was out where when the wave would go up you couldn't see the shore anymore it's like right, above right, your head right. go down you're fine you know you could like barely touched the ground, you know, that deep. And the wave behind me on the seaside, not the beach side, you know, was obscuring the view. And then it went down, you know, I kind of rode over it and I came on the other side of it. And there about 10 feet away from me was a shark fin going left to right in front of me. See, that's scary. Like not toward me, just past yeah, me. Yeah, but that's you know? scary. And well, now we know that likely it had two heads. <laughs> <Likely>. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I, I am out of my comfort zone because if I could have run or touched the ground, then I would have been fine. And that's a big part of it because you're you're in their element. You're vulnerable. Oh, and they, and they tell element. you, you know, uh, if I've watched a lot of Shark Week, like right. a lot, <laughs> <Right>. okay? <laughs> and they tell you, don't panic. But so you, so y- you have to fight your instincts, you know, because oh, your whole body's telling you swim as fast as you can, thrash as wildly as possible to get out of there. Right. But anyone who watched shark weeks knows you're better off just kind of just kind of float right you know stand look, your look, ground. Like, look like a piece of driftwood or something right and you can you can beat sharks like they tell you to gouge their eyes or try to punch their cartilage like there's things what, what you can do, do. You, yeah but if there's a squid there's a squid after you lights out he's gonna blast you with ink and then it's all oh, over we, let's not let's not talk like there's a lot of <laughs> the worst one the worst one was the that pirates of the caribbean thing that giant thing oh, whatever that sure, thing that was head thing. Mm. 
Mm-mm. Now, when you're in the ocean, Mm-mm. you're over. You, you floated out. You're drifting above your head. Okay. Okay. Why would in, I? In your I mind, do it's this, dark, like under the water. You can't I, see. I really wouldn't. This this is a very hypothetical. Never happen. Yeah, totally hypothetical. Are in your mind, and you start freaking out. Are you thinking about lots of little octopuses? Hypothetically, like what's more terrifying? Now that I've planted that thought in your head. I mean, little things are, are like thousands less, of babies, like pulling you under. Well, that well, this is just a very terrifying scenario that I've never really considered before. <laughs> He's starting to sweat, Jesse. Just leave him alone. The, like I can eat like little calamari. Like I can deal with that. That's fine. The idea of little things, I feel like I have a normal, healthy fear of. I won't defend my fear of like colossal squid, other than there's no more terrifying other creature on this planet rational. or any other. I mean, most likely you're never gonna have to deal with this fear. Well, that is a small mercy. Yeah. The- like, don't go to aquariums when you have kids. Just yeah. Don't go. No. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You're afraid of an clears. aquarium just seeing the things? Well, if I see- what, what's your fear of an aquarium that the glass won't hold? I'm, I, like I said, I'm not <laughs> it's defending. Like I'm rushing over your head. Like I said, You'll be I'm washed not in tentacles. You <laughs> will just now, be in washed this scenario, away. There's an aquarium full of lots of little squids. That like is <laughs> <laughs> breaking through and killing you. I can't. I, it just keeps. It's something that. It's something that I that I don't. It was very. It was. I was really glad when I started googling this and found out that I was not alone. I'll tell you that. Because so you're self-diagnosed with this, this. This. You haven't seen like a therapist about this. Well, not yet. No. If I. If I was like. <laughs> If I, like a cruise ship would probably be a difficult. I've never been on a cruise. I've never oh, gone on go. a cruise. They're great. Oh, they're well, fantastic. Well, they the wait on your hand and foot. I would dream. They clean your room three times a day. I would dream every night of a giant squid just pulling the whole ship. To, uh, see, now right. I'm talking about it. It'll look never happen. To, look what you've got me doing. Is, it, is it, now when the ship is getting pulled out? Is it lots of little squids <laughs> doing it? <laughs> or is it like a big monster? <laughs> big monster with all the little ones coming. It's to a get big. You. It's a big monster, Jesse. Okay, that's always the big monster. Well, that seems totally <laughs> irrational. In what way is that irrational? In what way is it a sixty-foot giant creature squid that takes down creature? a cruise ship? Even, what way just, is that irrational? They're so far under the ocean, they're not going to come get you. Yeah, this is. You sound like everybody I've ever tried to explain my fear to, and mm-hmm. you're rejecting me just like they did. I'm just looking for a little bit of solace. All right, I think be because it's pretty insane. <laughs> so that, that's that. Yeah. So two-headed shark. That's two-headed so, two, so anyway, two-headed shark. But I think we should be more concerned with the prospect of being able to send Tyler funny pictures of squid. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real slice. I'm more concerned. All right, what do you have, Maya? Okay, so there is a dude who was going to Walmart in the middle of the afternoon. It was two o'clock in the afternoon. Going to Walmart, probably getting some groceries or something. Who knows? Um, you can get lots of stuff there. You can get fire tires. tires. You can get oil changed. You can Skittles. buy a gun. He probably just went for Skittles. <laughs> he probably went for Skittles. Anyways, this is a guy. He went to Walmart up in Indiana, Pennsylvania. He suddenly saw running across the uh, parking lot a gigantic deer. Giraffe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gigantic squid. squid. <laughs> no, 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 I read wrong. See, this little tiny is why squid. nobody likes Walmart. Oh, happens there all the time. Apparently, it was a ten point buck that missed. Wow, mean, like that means super ten big. points on the antlers. Oh, yeah. okay. That's a legit. Apparently, buck. A big, this is such a big deal. That's to this shootable. Guy that he just stops his car. No, in the middle of the Walmart parking lot. I shot it. Gets his handgun out no. and starts running after this 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 ten point buck, shooting Just at it with Rambo a handgun. Like yes. running after it and shooting it and shooting it multiple shots throughout it with a handgun. With a handgun, went over the highway. He actually killed it over there, put it in there, took it to a place to get the meat processed. 
Well, that's how Tyler got his dinner last week. <laughs> you can take the hunter out of Walmart, but you can't take the Walmart out of <laughs> I just found that to be so crazy and such a normal thing that would happen. Like, of course that happened in front did of a Did he get arrested or anything? He did. He's having a whole bunch of things, mostly uh, just endangering oh, yeah, other people. Oh, yeah, because you shouldn't run around in the middle of the day shooting people. Now, see, if shooting. we just would let assault weapons happen, then it would have only taken one shot. Mm. <laughs> Not one you shot. You wouldn't have to chase it down over the highway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So apparently he thought Thanks, it was Obama. worth it was worth uh, <laughs> the possibility of endangering or killing people in the parking lot of Walmart well, that's to get the, that deer. Was he the? He surely wasn't the only person at the. I've never been the only person in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> 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 that just doesn't happen. See, right. I've, I it, the way so this long. is playing out in my mind is like he's like driving, he's got all his groceries, he's heading home <laughs> from Walmart. He sees the deer like just walking across the parking lot. <laughs> he, he roll, he tuck and rolls out of his car. His car just rolls off into a ditch somewhere and mm-hmm. probably explodes. And the guy just <laughs> runs off with a handgun firing away at the deer. There is video evidence of this from the, the cams on the Walmart. So somewhere there's evidence of this I have guy to, I have to see going that. Rambo style. I have to know what it looks like to see a man chasing a deer that's no mean feat to chase a deer around no. that's what i'm kind of confused by is how With he managed a handgun. to because yeah, usually not, you I'm see not, a deer i wouldn't say i'm like an expert in a handgun but i would picture i would imagine it'd be pretty hard to run and shoot at a deer at the same time <laughs> he probably does a lot of practice out in those practice fields <laughs> it's hard to shoot a handgun Talking. standing still so if you're chasing a deer and shooting this is this guy. We need to talk to this guy because I have yeah, a lot I, of unanswered questions. I think he questions. should be exonerated of his crime. <laughs> well, he's crazy. There's bullets <laughs> flying across the parking lot. Let me ask you this: Was anyone hurt? He hurt one person. Well, the no, deer. Just the deer. He, he hurt the deer. Well, was it the wasn't a hunting zone. Well, that's that's not great. That's it's the slogan of Indiana, particularly when it pertains to Walmart parking lots. No harm, no foul. Free pass. <laughs> I also, I don't know if, the, hopefully this isn't your slice, Tyler, but somebody over in the UK uh, robbed a, oh, just a. No, it's, it's not. not yours. But, it sounds like, but it sounds like a good one. <laughs> Keep going. Robbed, oh, because it's about a robbery. Rob, yeah, robbed a, a convenience store over in the UK and they were found because um, there, it was snowing on the ground. It was fresh snow and they just followed the footprints of the person's house. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like this person leaves a cold trail. Looks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the trail's gone cold. <laughs> so, just want to let, make sure you do that. All right, your turn. What you got? Um, well, my story comes from, it's from right here in Florida. It's, it's about a group that apparently did like a, a regular office pool for the lottery. They would all chip in and do one of those things where there was like four or five of them and they would all throw in a couple bucks to get the lottery. And for some reason, this woman, her name is uh, her name is Jennifer. She usually did it, but this time she opted not to because it's the lottery, and that was probably a very sensible decision on her part. Except for they won, they won. Wow, mm. they got a million dollars the time, the time that she decided not to. So of course she was very upset about this, and the other four gave her a cut of the million dollars, even though she didn't chime in because they're good. They're good People. Oh, I wow. wouldn't have. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know that my coworkers of the law. I know yeah. my coworkers wouldn't have done this for me. But I don't see the receipt <laughs> of your contribution to buy the ticket. I'm sorry, it's not your ticket. You have no valid claim. She. she did, they, did they give her a share fare? Did they just cut a her share like, couple? They gave they gave her yeah. a share fare. They a fair share. They, they said difference. they said a size they said a sizable amount. It comes out to about eighty grand per person. Eighty three, eighty three grand per person. I'm not certainly not condoning playing the lottery, but if you do oh, play the lottery goodness. and somebody opts out of it i definitely condone you giving me a cut of it even though i didn't chime in on your <laughs> <laughs> on your office pool well in the the poetic justice 
well, in, in a way, is that the person that was sent to the convenience store to buy the tickets was cut in line. I did see that in the story. Oh, that's right. How much drama is that? If they hadn't been cut in line, they wouldn't have won. They wouldn't have won. All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Lee Nash of Six Months and the Richer. Aren't you something to admire? Cause you're shining something like a mirror. And I can't help but notice you reflect in this heart of mine. If you ever feel alone and the glare makes me hard to find, just know that I'm always very loud on the other side. Cause with your hand in my head and a pocket full of soap, I can say it is no place. You're listening to Justin Timberlake. The song is Mirrors. Oh, yeah. Which is what Tyler's bedroom is covered in. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Wait, Justin Timberlake or Mirrors? <laughs> Which one? <are> <laughs> Wow. Sixpence None the Richer is a pop band from Nashville. Band's made up of Lee Nash and Matt Slocum, who met in Texas and formed the band in the early 90s. They released six studio albums and is probably best known for their 1998 smash hit, Kiss Me. In 2004, the band decided to call it quits, and Lee embarked on a solo career, releasing a pop album, a Christmas album, and a hymns album. And in 2007, Sixpence reunited releasing a Christmas album and DP. And last year, they released their long-awaited full-length reunion album, Lost in Transition. Heather Croto recently spoke to her. Here is Lee Nash. Initially started the talks between you two of getting back together. Well, he it was weird. Uh, Matt was on a kind of extended honeymoon. Um, they were in, in Europe for a long time, and you know I was back here, and we just happened to kind of start thinking the same things at the same time. And I think he called me from over there, and we just had a brief conversation about it, and caught up a little bit. And um, just talked about how we might want to open that door again and, and start making music. And we agreed to talk when um, when he came home. And, yeah, we met at a local coffee shop here in Nashville when they got back from their trip. And had a great conversation just about how, you know, we, we feel like we sort of threw the baby out with the bathwater in that decision to just break up and you know that we we wish that we had just called it a, a hiatus or whatever and decided that we were gonna we were gonna get back in there and make some more music and we did we made an ep and made a great christmas record i'm really proud of so we weren't completely stagnant and stuck that whole time just just with this major this release we just did if you blow on me Yeah. 
does it feel different this time around? Yeah, it does because we are older. You know, we have families, and Matt has two daughters now, and my son is a third grader. And so, yeah, life is is different. We're we're more mature and approaching things on from an adult level, and not just a bunch of kids not really <laughs> knowing exactly what we're doing. And not that we know exactly what we're doing now, but we've got a lot of life under our belts and a lot of experience with with the music industry and with music and record making and so we're enjoying it in a, in a different way now and um, it's wonderful being on the road with the guys again we still have if as many if not a lot more laughs than we used to and it's just a it's a really sweet sweet time we can fall down we can go around and wind up in the middle You said that hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking back, is there a part of you that wishes that you hadn't even called a hiatus, that you had kind of powered through things? Or do you think that the break was necessary for both of you to evolve and grow up and have your families and have kids? Yeah, I mean, I think if we had decided to go just a different way altogether, um, that we could have powered through it. But it just wasn't likely at the time. I remember what, you know, what was in my head and what it seemed was in Matt's, we were just absolutely exhausted and and it was just because of the repetition and all of, of the struggles, the constant struggle um, to get things done because of business just wore us down. So I, I just, I don't know how we could have. Yes, I think it would have been great if we could have, but I can see why we didn't. But now the radio plays that song, I don't The new album, Lost in Transition, it seems like it has a lot of songs that have the theme of remembering or reminiscing or looking back. Was that kind of an intentional process for you um, as you were writing, or did it just kind of evolve that way? I think it evolved that way. Um, there's never been much intention as far as our writing goes. It just sort of uh, seems to be inspired by life events and whatever's going on at, at the moment. And with this record, I think it reflects probably what, yeah, I know it does, where we were at the time. You know, as you get older and we're both in our 30s now, you know, you start to look at life a little differently and you start to have kids and the past becomes, I don't know, just something something different. And um, so a lot of the songs do are kind of looking back and reflecting kind of songs. And um, I, I think it just it, re- it reflects our maturity and turning into old people. <laughs> <laughs> they say what's right is wrong. I think that I'll make a wager. You carry it along until you felt out of danger. I wrote you this song, so won't you do me a favor? When it's my turn to fall, you'll catch me sooner than later. Looking back, I mean, it's been two decades now uh, since you and Matt first, you know, started making music. What do you think you would change about this whole journey? 
Well, I look back and and uh, there's things that you know I can I can say. Okay, well, if we had done this here and done that there, man, things would be a lot different. <laughs> uh, and and there were several points like that. But as I was saying before, I I understand the choices that we made and and I think that we really have always tried to do the right thing and that's really all God or anybody can ever ask of you and I think we you know acted with a lot of integrity um, when it was difficult to uh, several times and so I, I really it's not that I'm just so proud of myself but I really feel like we you know have have done the best we could and we made a lot of beautiful music and so I really don't think that I, I would change anything. I'm, I'm proud of us. <laughs> if you go your way all the time, you will go your way. I'll go mine. That was Lee Nash. Check out Sixpence and the Richer's new album. Everywhere music is sold. Listening to Blue Hawaii, the song is Sierra Lift. Luis Palau is an international evangelist who was born in Argentina and moved to Portland in his mid-20s. Through his ministry, uh, he's shared the gospel with more than one billion people through evangelistic events and media. He's spoken in person to 30 million people in 75 countries with more than 1 million registered decisions to follow Christ. He's authored close to 50 books, contributed articles on issues of faith to countless publications, and counseled business leaders, political leaders, and heads of state around the world. He also happens to be friends with Cardinal Jorge Bergoglio, or as we now know him, Pope Francis. Our very own Stephanie Smith recently spoke to him. Here is Luis Palau. Everyone is buzzing right now with news about the Pope, but you have a pretty unique perspective on Pope Francis, having known him personally when he was the Archbishop of Buenos Aires. So would you just talk a little bit about how the two of you first got connected? Yeah, well, we, you know, I was born in Argentina, as he was too, and then the Lord took me out and came to the U.S., studied, went all over the world, but we go back every so often and we've had major, major youth campaigns all over Buenos Aires. Uh, The last one was just four years ago, and um, we had like about almost a million, mostly young people. And uh, so whenever I go to a country, I try to greet not only the political leadership, but also uh, religious leaders of various religions just to get acquainted, you know. So we made an appointment and we were able to meet with them years ago when we were doing smaller campaigns even. Uh, by small, I don't mean tiny, but smaller. And we became friends and we realized what a, an open man he was. He loved young people. In fact, anytime we had a conversation in private, just chatting and then praying, his main burden was young people. He would get together with 30 teenagers 
if he could, you know. And uh, he was very sincere, very transparent. He said to me more than once, you know, I envy you. You get hundreds of thousands of young people in a beach or a park. I only get 30 or 60 of them, and I'm having a hard time, you know. <laughs> but he's really dedicated to young people. So we met him in preparation for our festivals. So that's how we got to know each other. Well, some other words that the media has been using to describe Pope Francis recently are simple, conservative, and, of course, an unexpected choice. Does that sound accurate to you, these descriptions? Yes, I've, I've heard that. The unexpected choice, I wouldn't say, is as surprising, only his age. But then most popes are elected as elderly people, except John Paul II. Most were not young when they were elected. Uh, but uh, it, he is a gentle person, but he has very strong convictions, especially firm moral convictions that, are, that have been molded by the Bible, you know, about personal ethics and so on. But he is a very gentle person. Uh, and, and, and he, of course, as you indicated, he cared for the poor tremendously. Yes. But he was not a revolutionary in the sense of uh, causing uh, class warfare or uh, pitting the rich versus the poor. He simply encouraged people to serve the poor, to care for them, just like Jesus did, which evangelical Christians do. And, uh, but that was his main push. But he was, I thought it would be good to say he's not a revolutionary. Mm. Uh, you've probably read in your studies uh, about what is called uh, uh, liberation theology, you right. know. Right. And in its day, liberation theology uh, encouraged violence, if necessary, to achieve certain goals for the poor. He was not one of those. He was not a, a violent person or inciting violence or confrontation in the wrong sense. It was more serving the young and serving the poor. Right. So to him, that's not revolutionary. That's just obedience and faithfulness. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. It's just pure, real Christianity, just like for you and me, you know, mm -hmm. because really the church, the true church of Jesus Christ has always been uh, inclined towards the poor and, uh, and and serve the poor without making a big noise about it. You know, right. it's just one of those realities, huh? This is something that a lot of people are talking about now, that part of the legacy he's bringing to the Vatican is his deep commitment to and work on behalf of the poor. How have you seen this play out in his work in Argentina and how do you think that this, his personal emphasis on social justice will influence the global church in his new position? Mm, I'm sure it will influence the global church, uh, um, especially in the countries that are financially successful, like Western Europe and the United States and Canada, Australia. <clears throat> you know, those countries that are strongly Roman Catholic uh, and have been extremely financially successful beyond the dreams of most of the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. I think he will encourage generosity uh, and he will encourage planning to help the needy and to, and to lift up the poor. I think one of his inclinations was not merely on a one-on-one -on -one basis to help the poor and he himself lived, li really lived in simplicity. I saw it, a simple apartment and has been said in the press, you know, he cooked for himself and everything. Uh, he, he lived a simple life, travels on buses around Buenos Aires, not dressed with a cardinal's uh, clothing, right. but just a, a regular priest, you know. And uh, 
But I think it will have an impact in the world because it will emphasize the vast majority of people who are needy and hungry. But he will do it, if I'm right on this, because that's what he did there. He will encourage helping the poor, but not berating or offending or insulting those who have succeeded, but rather Mm -hmm. motivating them to do what is right and to use their knowledge, their wisdom, and to build up self-support. Uh, even in a small scale. I think that's what he will do because that's what we see he's done in Argentina. What do you see in your relationship uh, with Pope Francis that would recommend him for this huge global position of spiritual leadership? That, Or in other words, what do you think that he will be able to bring to the papacy that others cannot oh boy that I, as far as contrast with others I would find it difficult because I don't know them you know right but I tell you what I do think that he will bring and that is a, uh, not only an inclination towards the poor but also even ahead well just as close an inclination towards young people because that to me was so evident it was also true of pope john paul ii i think he'll bring that alive again that there will be a an interest in youth an excitement about youth Mm -hmm. and bringing them to faith in jesus christ he was thoroughly concerned he said to me uh, i was chatting we went to a youth campaign on the beach uh, in in a resort city of Argentina called Mar del Plata and I saw him on the way there we stopped and prayed and talked and I said any word of counsel uh, Bishop and he said listen 80% of those young people that you're going to have on the beach in Mar del Plata they're going to be uh, unconverted they don't know Jesus personally so Mm -hmm. give them the gospel you know Mm -hmm. I think that's the emphasis he's going to bring that the gospel is primary that we must emphasize it, and especially with youth. That has always been his thing. Now, he may have youthful in outward appearance, you know, he's a, a serious man, but when he laughs, you can tell that he's got a happy heart. And, uh, but but that, that, that's what he's going to bring, uh, a, a definite emphasis, uh, not so much on, uh, on theology as a discussion point, but proclaiming the gospel with young people to the poor, and, and maximizing that. That's what I think is going to happen, and that's what I'm praying, and I think every believer who loves Jesus Christ ought to pray also. That was Luis Palau. Find out more at palau.org. Enjoy to the freeway. Enjoy to the cars. Enjoy to you, baby. Wherever you are tonight, 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 tonight. You're listening to Josh Ritter. The song is Joy to You, Baby. All right, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you, okay. We asked you for tips on how to be cool. It wasn't because we were wanting to be cool. We're, we know how to be cool. Oh, we're so we write the book. Avi, it's because <laughs> we say things like Avi or cool, but we're fine. We're scared of tentacles. Okay, that's all the enough. cool kids are scared of tentacles. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there was a second grader who who wrote a, 
a paper, a book for her school on how to be cool. And we read some of those on last week's show. And we thought, well, we, the podcast listenership, could, could, could pen our own book on how to be cool. So we wanted your tips. You went over to our podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You hit us up on Twitter and on Facebook. And here's a few of our favorites. Well, Dave Carlson said that just like how uh, CD and MP3s are out and vinyl is in, retro is cool. So we should do away with Instagram and just use Polaroids, do away with cell phones and just use pay phones. And last but not least, forget about Twitter. Let's go back to telegrams. Telegrams. There you go. All right, how to be cool? To send telegrams. <laughs> That's the ultimate retro. One thing that uh, Mark noted on the on our website is in order to be cool, you must own at least five items from the list below. He referenced the Bugs Bunny and Tasmanian Devil crisscross shirt, which is a throwback to something I was talking about earlier at Walmart. Sure. So he's definitely right there. Uh, another tip on being cool, make everything about something you did or said. Well, yeah, that it's not <laughs> bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> I hear your sarcasm, but I'm choosing to take it as a compliment. Thank well, you. you're absolutely right. <laughs> he also references Jinko jeans, LA gear, obviously. Um, you need a pair of fighter pilot goggle sunglasses, uh, at least three containers of GAC, a Sega Game Gear, a subscription to Tiger Beat Magazine, Crossfire the Board Game, and an oversized multicolored blazer with extra shoulder padding. 90s. Can I say that the commercial, the jingle from the Crossfire commercial from when we were kids is still in my I head. I still remember it. Crossfire, you get caught up in the crossfire. <laughs> Still in my head, like the kids are like sweating in leather jackets. There's lightning. That game is awesome. So tight. Did you ever have it? Oh, absolutely, I had a, it. It was a really fat game. <laughs> I, I mean, you could play me in Crossfire, Hungry Hungry Hippos, any of those games. I was dominant. I've still got them all. Uh, there's a lot of people, this is unrelated to the question week, but a lot of people had opinions about space. Yeah, that one came up a lot. Yeah, I saw it go both ways, to be no, fair. No, most, most of them went your way. Most of them agreed with you for some reason. They didn't see the I don't get it. The awesomeness in spending $200,000. I will tell you this much. More space In the last me. 24 hours, I have purchased annual passes to the Kennedy Space <laughs> Center. <laughs> Included in the annual pass to the Kennedy Space Center is a discount on the astronaut experience, uh, the astronaut training experience, and KSC camp for kids. So I could send Cohen to space camp while I do my astronaut training experience. Oh, <laughs> please, wow. tell, please tell me that the astronaut training is like a two-week retreat. I hope so. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's like fantasy baseball camp. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So so Cohen and I are going to go to the, the space center on Saturday. Yeah. And he's because, great- of our, because of our podcast last week, I was like, I need to introduce my son to space early. And make sure he doesn't make the same mistakes that Jesse has made in choosing to not go to space. Exactly. Yeah. It starts young. Hey, when he's older, it will not be $200,000. It'll be... Hey, did you see... I saw a thing. I saw somebody tweet it today. It, it's it, and that, uh, the cost of a gigabit of storage. Mm-hmm. In 1982, it was $300,000, and then they have like 10 different years, and it comes all the way up to 2013. And 2013 is 10 cents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Space is going to follow that same trajectory. Exactly. Oh, it's, yeah. it, it's scale. It's, it's, the cost will plummet. By the time Cohen is an adult, 
he'll be taking me to space. We're going to be skipping into. I mean, it's going to be like a thing you do on an and, afternoon. Which is why, which is why I needed to go do my discounted astronaut training camp at Kennedy <laughs> Space Center to it. get ready for the inevitability of one day Cohen taking me to space all the time. Because when all of us are untrained, you're mm. going to be taking dime trips to space. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to be like going bowling in thirty it's years. Be like going to a house full of trampolines. Our parents could only dream of such and, things. And, those, and we're going to be. La- you know what? You're not going to be invited, Chad, because you didn't want to go. <laughs> that's right. Me and Jesse will stay back. Yeah, that, never that's right. It. You know why? I don't like getting car sick. So <laughs> I can only imagine what a trip to space, what kind of motion sickness that would entail. You guys have fun. All Me right. and Chad will go back to that trampoline place. <laughs> Tyler Quandry, what if they discover tentacled beings in space? Oh, um, I'd stay, I'm staying right here. Okay. Well, you probably, you oh, probably you are with a laser. You couldn't drag so. me to space. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would have to knock me unconscious. And, and I'm... And then I would die of fear. <laughs> Blind. <laughs> Blind. Okay, I may be with you on on tentacled space beings. That that that. Well, sounds... if they find space beings in general, I'm, I get a my answer takes on some. That's a different dimension. We didn't even well, approach me that too. last week. If I could go battle space beings, it's a different story. The only oh, reason I don't want to go is because I know there's nothing cool up there that to see. <laughs> nothing cool. To see. I'm saying, not, you, I'm not revisiting you, okay, this. Okay, if you said okay, you get a sweet like laser like gun or a saber or something. Well, I take a light and go saber. battle a tentacle space beast. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Sign no, me no. up. Sign me up right now. <laughs> Until then, if you're just, if you're just shooting me over the atmosphere to get a quick peek at a closer look at the moon. No, thanks. What's good is he, what, what you're describing is Tomorrowland at, at magic kingdom. At Disney. <laughs> Which by the way, someone chimed in about, Oh, did they? Oh, did they? Brandon Fisher said they <laughs> they had the mission space ride. They were lured in by Gary Sinise, who does the intro <laughs> video, <laughs> and he said it was the worst experience of his life <laughs> because he got critically motion sick and was violently ill for the rest of the day. No, that's at Epcot. I'm talking about Tomorrowland, where there's Space Mountain. Yeah, the Buzz Lightyear ride where you can shoot lasers it's at awesome. Zorg. It is awesome. And the only thing I know about Tomorrowland is that the 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 crappy burgers at the Tomorrowland Cafe, like the price is adjusted for inflation in, in the future. It's like $15. They're space burgers. They're space burgers. Yeah. They're, they're like dehydrated. I'll be honest. Yeah. It comes in a bag of powder. This was a burger. And also your laser gun would be worthless against a tentacled space alien. So. Well, you don't know how powerful it is. If it's, I, I think if it has tentacles. I mean, if it's the laser equivalent of an assault rifle, Versus a laser equivalent of a handgun. If Obama even lets us have assault re- weapons <laughs> in space. Ass- assault lasers. <laughs> yeah, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Be, we don't know, you know what the courts are going to decide about these space lasers. We have no idea what the political climate by then will be. <laughs> Any others? Uh, Nothing. Uh, Mark said that uh, some, some, some keys being cool. Be Bob Goff. Mm. Yeah, oh, well, that, that's yeah, it. That's a good there you go. Okay. Uh, that, Best that's, that's the entire book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we also noted that uh, it'd be cool if you, you'd be cool if you hang out in the park uh, across the street from your house, Cameron, and dare your friends to taunt the hood. <laughs> I disagree. They may regret that decision. Like we said, Je- most people did come down on Jesse's side. Uh, they would rather take the two hundred fifty thousand dollars and go to space. But my hat goes off to Tiffany Forrester, who said, "How to be cool? Number one, go to space." That is all. Tiffany, Tiffany, I'm I'm with you. 
What's the coolest thing ever uh, uh, for, for Tiffany? Bob Goff in space. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to send Bob Goff to space. Bob Goff, would, Bob Goff could be a good am- human ambassador to everything. the first alien life we find. Like, to just everything. Let's just send him out. Let's just send him he out ahead he of us. He didn't need a laser. Bob Goff. <laughs> Bob Goff, ambassador for humanity. <laughs> <laughs> so your suggestion is we just shoot Bob Goff into space <laughs> on a rocket and hope that he encounters intelligent life no. so that he can represent humanity. No, no. Why? Until the proper, you know, communications have been established with other space sure. creatures, he has a lot of work to do here on Earth. Okay, so so you're not suggesting that we proactively send him out? Yeah, yeah. If there's a war that's being started, or there's a, a, geno- a genocide that's being started, or an invasion of any sort, any mm, sort of any conflict sort, around anything. the world, doesn't matter. Bob particularly Goff, extraterrestrial. Comma, Bob Goff, comma ambassador for humanity, <laughs> is the first person on the scene. And guess what? I was concerned that Burger's your piece. proposition was just proactively shoot him out into space. <laughs> Put him on a little shuttle. The world needs Bob Goff. We can't shoot him off into space. But the universe yet. may as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of planets out there. Hey, but, but the selfish. great thing is, if we shoot him out into space, we'll still be able to access him by a cell phone. He'll still be taking unsolicited calls. <laughs> He'll always answer. <laughs> you will. There's nothing else going on. He'll always answer his cell phone. That's actually a great scenario. This is the best of both worlds. Best of every world. So really. we isolate Bob Goff, stick him in a pace, space gas, <laughs> capsule, shoot him off into space, looking for right. other uh, beings to... To represent humanity to. Right. He's to like ju- our Starship Enterprise, like boldly assert new life and new civilization. He's, he's Jean whatever Picard. Yeah, Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc Picard. You're thinking Jean-Luc Geppetto. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking Juan Geppetto. He's Wood Kid Picard, he's, ambassador for Earth. He's a toy maker. So Bob Goff is a toy maker in space. In That's space. what we're coming to. Okay. He just needs a spaceship. Okay. And NASA, fair. get on it. This is an easy... This is a no-brainer. <laughs> NASA needs to build Bob Goff a Starship Enterprise so he can go am- ambassador. Or Richard Branson could do it for him. Right. Probably faster. He could do it faster. He, he could do it they faster. Less red tape. Yeah. He's a visionary. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think Richard Branson would be totally on board with this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say, and, and for sustenance, we'll send him up there with a bunch of those Tomorrowland cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> Most we, of the budget's going to go to that. Yeah, we couldn't afford a, more than a six-month supply because they're so <laughs> astronomically expensive. <laughs> we hope you run across this alien life in the next six months. Or a sustainable food source. One or the other. Best of luck. <laughs> Bye, Bob. Call you soon. Bye, Bob. We'll call you. See how you're doing. We'll be calling you regularly. <laughs> oh man. Um, all right. So that'll do it for last week's feedback. If you want to check it out, it's over at the podcast episode page. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier in the podcast, uh, you you heard. You know, we got talking about two-headed sharks, which freaked Jesse Always. out, and right. and it got uh, it, it unveiled the nugget of the jewel of information <laughs> that Tyler is afraid. Tyler's afraid of the ocean because of tentacles. Yeah, so, he, he he revealed that to me in confidence a few weeks ago. Yeah. I'm waiting for the perfect moment. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised <laughs> that you brought to, to <laughs> tell the public. I'm a little surprised you brought that up. So in the last in the last don't week, know why you did. in the last week. Questlove, we found out, found new kind of secret information about Justin Timberlake having another mm-hmm. album that he's going to uh-huh. secretly drop in, later this year. And Questlove spilled the beans. So we learned, America learned, don't tell Questlove secrets. Right. This week, we also learned, 
Don't tell Jesse secrets. <laughs> Jesse, you are the quest love to my Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, uh, we learned about Tyler's fear of the ocean and being touched by a tentacle, large or small. I don't want it to be a fear of the ocean thing. That's hydrophobia, and that's a different animal. You're just scared of being touched by a tentacle, large or small. Well, yes. yeah. Yes. I would say it a little more terrifying than that, but sure. <laughs> you are afraid. Hopefully there's never being a being dragged to the bottom of the ocean by a giant you would Monster. die so fast from not having <laughs> just air. the pressure. You should be afraid. Yeah. Of God will. Either, either way, way. I hope. worst case scenario, it's going to be a so. slow, terrible death. Your <laughs> your greatest nightmare is Ursula from the Little Mermaid. That's yeah. what we learned. Yeah, that's what we learned. Yeah. Tentacles with magic powers. Mm. That's that's your worst case scenario. Well, it uh, should be everybody's worst case. It <laughs> <laughs> just sounds bad in general. <laughs> so we want to know your. Irrational fear. Right. Mine is bugs I, crawling I, in my ears. I wouldn't call sleeping. it irrational. Let's, it's, uh, let's how about stop. this? If it's not likely to ever happen, yes, it's, it's they, irrational. They, they, it is irrational. Well, you're, people are scared of ghosts. That's unlikely to ever. You're unlikely to ever. And that would yeah, be would irrational fear. fear. Ghosts, uh, irrational fear. I would say that'd be irrational fear. Okay, well, that, that doesn't mean you're not scared of them. If fewer the, than four people a year die from the thing you're afraid of, there's an irrational fear. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, Maya, your uh, bugs. Yeah, I'm looking up the name. I'm the, sure the it has bugs a cool crawling name. into your ear while you sleep, yep. laying eggs, and you birthing spider babies from your ear canal. That is pretty scary. Cat, carafe phobia, K A C I R A F F phobia. K A C. K A C I R A F F. Cacaraphobia. I don't know. I think everyone. Thinks that would be unpleasant, but I don't think people actively fear it. I don't think no. about I it. I don't think about it very often. About bugs in your ears? Never. Oh, yeah. you guys are crazy. Yeah. Well, you're well, you're the one who's not you're, scared of a giant Very rarely creature. crosses my mind. Well, that I mean, that happens. My mom's a nurse. She would tell me about fleshing roaches out of people's ears. What we're learning is both uh. of you have fears that you've carried from your childhood. It's true. Mm. It's true. Maya also can't eat at a seafood restaurant. Oh, right. Oh, really? I didn't well, know about I that. Can't, I don't eat anything she, she will that's ever breathed seafood. water. Yeah. You'll know, you won't, because you won't when seafood. she was a child, the brother, sister, dad went on a fishing trip. Dad filleted and slaughtered mm. the fish in front of her. She was so traumatized she can't touch fish or sea creatures. Really? So yeah. parents... Don't give your Quit parents. Quit messing us up. Yeah, don't give your don't give your children permanent <laughs> scars. Tyler's uh, little baby uh, thing above his bed was was sea life probably. <laughs> yeah, the mobile. <laughs> the mobile was probably sea life and just a little very, all just tentacles. little baby. <laughs> Various tentacled monsters. <laughs> your, your parents were like weird artists, and they did tentacle art all over the place. I went on I went on a date one time with a girl who had a tentacled tattoo, like <gasps> sleeve reaching up, and I couldn't do that. that. I was just, it. it was like a one-time thing. And then she tried to put her arm around you, <laughs> and like, you freaked I out. Not, I just started you, crying. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, do you have any, Jesse? I think I've discussed this before, but I'm really, like, have a, a, a very strong aversion to any sort of rodent. Mm, I, oh. And I think it's the fleshy tail. Yeah. I, I think see. that's what, I, well, I just, even thinking about it, like, I, I seriously have, like, a physical reaction to like, why would people want those things as pets? Yeah, and just to think that they're out there in the wild, too. You know, they're just everywhere. Like, this earth is crawling with them. I, I hate the thought of that. Well, rats, <laughs> sure, but like even like little mice and things like that? Or Oh, oh or, no. no. No, sir. No. Bubonic plague. Boom. <laughs> what, about, what about squirrels? Wiped out a third of humanity. What about squirrels? See, here's the thing. 
Well, I don't like squirrels. Oh. But I don't have the I, I see them so often that I, I'm not afraid of them. Well, I wouldn't say I'm not afraid of them, but I have a, a rational fear because I've never been attacked by one. But I will say I don't trust them. Like when I come across a squirrel and he's all twitchy, right? I don't know what he's gonna do. I don't know which I don't know if he's gonna, you know, cut left or cut right. I don't I don't know what he's thinking. Right. I, I do not trust them at all. <laughs> I, I don't like encountering them. We have an adjective that's named squirrely. Someone's acting squirrely. You don't trust them. <laughs> and that's how I feel. I feel it's the perfect adjective. Because if you say, that guy's kind of acting a little squirrely. Or this car's, you know, something's wrong with the steering. It's all squirrely. You know exactly what it's trying to describe. Because you've encountered a squirrel and thought, I don't know what that thing's thinking. That's true. That's a good point. All right. Well, if you want to hit, hit us up and tell us your irrational fear... You can go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and on the Relevant Podcast Facebook page. Well, thanks to our episode sponsor, uh, The Bible Series, coming out April 2nd on DVD and Blu-ray. Make sure to pick up your copy. It's uh, worth owning. It's a phenomenal uh, cinematic depiction of uh, the Bible, an incredibly ambitious project, uh, worth worth buying, uh, even if you missed a couple of the weeks. Uh, it's worth picking up. April 2nd, it's going to be available everywhere. If you haven't subscribed to Relevant yet, now's a great time to do it. We just um, added, qu- kind of quietly, added a value uh, to subscriptions that wasn't there before. If you subscribe to Relevant Now, uh, you will get free access to the iPad edition included with your subscription. So not only do you get the print magazine six times a year, you get the iPad edition, you get uh, subscriber-exclusive albums uh, throughout the year, and this year, maybe, might be adding some free eBooks from time to time in your subscription. All of that for $1.25 a month. Uh, we'd appreciate the support, and uh, we think you'll like it. It's actually the best thing we do. Far better than this. <laughs> well, trust us. We set the bar pretty high with this stuff. <laughs> you can get that over at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Or if you don't want print and you just want the iPad edition, you can uh, subscribe at iTunes for only twelve ninety nine. A couple of housekeeping notes uh, right before we wrap it. Uh, you know, we didn't have any oops. You know, corrections Ooh, this week. I'd like us. to pat ourselves on the pat back for that. Back. Uh, we just sent our 64th issue to the printer this mm-hmm. week. Wow. That's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. And and this is a very special week because April 1st is a day you get to lie and it doesn't count in, in the spirit realm. <laughs> yeah, it's important. You, uh, it doesn't count as a lie. You can you can make your friends cry. Um, no. Really, any crime. On April 1st. It's a free pass. Yeah. April 1st is a free yeah, pass. Right. You can, you can <laughs> r- run down a deer with a handgun on a Walmart parking lot. No Please April look 1st. the other way. You, you, you pass the note to the bank teller. <laughs> if she doesn't receive it well, you just say April Fool's yeah. free pass. Yeah. Free pass. Yeah. yeah. And if you get it. And if she does receive it, you get free money. So You can say April Fool's if you want to, but the point is you got your money. Right. Also, April 1st, not a joke, is Maya's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Maya. Thank Her you, Jesse. Her 44th birthday. I'm wow. so excited. Uh, sure. and, and the day after, <laughs> it's not, she's not 44. Uh, the day after that uh, is Jesse's birthday. That's right. Jesse. Happy birthday, Jesse. Thank you. His 44th. I've said this before, <laughs> but I feel like Jesse and I should switch birthdays. It would have just made more sense for the universe. Yeah. I would have loved to have been born on April 1st. Yeah. But, you know. What are you going to do? How many joke... I ask you this every year, Maya, but how often do you get a joke gift? None, ever. 
Oh. Zero. Oh, we're changing that this year. Yeah. <laughs> that, what are you going to get? That, like a whoopee cushion? That is, long, that is long overdue. Like a fake mustache or something. One of those uh, peanut canyons and you unscrew like, the peanut top. They, yeah. They or just a firm handshake, but you're really in for a zap. <laughs> 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 What'd you get Maya for a birthday? A firm handshake. Or maybe, hey, Maya, happy birthday. You go in for the shake. Gotcha. More where that came from. A mirror with a picture of a skeleton on it. <laughs> Uh, an exploding <laughs> birthday cake. <laughs> it's a literal bomb. And it, <laughs> we, we may have gone too far. This <laughs> oh, okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Many thanks to Lee Nash for talking to us. You can check out Six Minutes None the Richer's brand new album everywhere or uh, find out more at sixpencehq.com or follow them on Twitter at Sixpence Music. Also, thanks to Luis Pulau for talking to us. You can find out more at palau.org, P A L. AU.org. You can follow him on Twitter at Luis Palau Live. And you can follow the Pope on Twitter at Pontifex. And if you follow both of them, you can see them tweeting back and forth to each other. <laughs> just chatting. Just chatting. Talking, about, talk talking about, about his fantasy basketball picks. Yeah. <laughs> him, Chad, and Bill Simmons all Weather. around. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Ty Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. listening to the relevant podcast go follow us on twitter at relevant podcast and for more great content check out relevantmagazine.com. crossfire you'll get caught up in the crossfire